Emil was left with the gloves on his hands and the door to the Maccabee vault still bolted shut. He felt a tearing, a sense of loss, so profound he could not believe it had anything at all to do with the manuscript. Something momentous had happened. Dazed, he went through the halls, following the sound of the bell out into the square that fronted on the library. As the bell continued to ring, the square became crowded with scholars carrying pens with the ink still wet on the nibs, librarians carrying books, townsfolk wearing work aprons with babies in their arms and tools in their hands, and farmers from the countryside in heavy, muddy boots with satchels on their shoulders. The farmers must have spotted the messenger on the road and followed him into town to hear the news. The messenger's dirty, ragged banner hung limp from the bell tower, and Emil could scarcely make out the single glyph imprinted on it. It was death and life, he realized, finally, which was commonly depicted on glyph cards as a pyre into which a man stepped and became a skeleton, or, alternately, from which a skeleton stepped and became a man. It was the Gadean's glyph, carried through Shaftal only once in each Gadean's lifetime, when the previous Gadean died and the new one was vested with the power of Shaftal. It called the people to simultaneously mourn and rejoice. Soon the messenger would announce the death of Harold Gadean, who had given the land protection and health for thirty-five years, and would name his successor. Amel did not envy the young elemental selected to inherit that burden of power and decision. The government of Shaftal had been in discord for some years, and the coastal regions were occupied by foreigners who lacked the paladin compunctions over the use of violence. This was a time that demanded wisdom, and the new Gadean would not have much leisure to learn it. A townswoman with a child clinging to her leg turned to Emil and said anxiously, Well, it's a pity about Harold, but what I most want to hear is the name of his successor. It would relieve my heart to know that the rumors we've heard are wrong. Rumors? said Emil. I'm sorry. I was isolated all winter and have only just come into town. Well, they say that even though Harold has known since autumn that he was dying, he refused to name a successor. Surely he did it at the end, though. He changed his mind when he felt the breath of death at his heels. And now all this Sinite nonsense will come to an end at last, for a young Gadan won't fear to act against them. The bell stopped ringing. The messenger, whose road-grimy clothing had once been white, stood up on the bell tower to speak, but he could utter only a cracked whisper that those closest to him could scarcely hear. The people pushed a big man forward to stand beside him and listen to his broken voice, then shout his words in a voice that carried across half the town. Harold Gadean is dead. The gathered people nodded somberly. He vested no successor, the big man boomed. Some listeners groaned and others cried out in dismay, but Emil stood silent in horror. It was unimaginable that a Gadean would allow the accumulated power of ten generations of earth witches to die with him. The house of Liltowis has fallen in a Sinite attack, the big man shouted. His words were heard in stunned silence, followed by an outcry of shock and grief that swelled to fill the square. The big man's final words could scarcely be heard.
No one survived. From every quarter, the townspeople shouted frightened, frenzied questions. The messenger sank down onto the bell platform and replied in his broken whisper, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Emil had already stripped off his silk gloves and now handed them to a nearby librarian, the same one who had been about to admit him to the vault. What will become of us? she cried. Shaftal is at war, he said. He pushed his way through the weeping crowd and headed for the nearest paladin charter house where he knew the members of his order would gather. He noticed that he himself was weeping, though except for that first tearing sensation in the library, he felt nothing. It was a small thing, insignificant beyond notice, that the fall of the house of Lotterways...